Welcome to Zencat Creatives Podcast. I'm Vanden. And I'm Tanya. We're the owners of Zencat Creatives, LLC. We believe that creativity is not just for the painter, musician, writer, or actor. Everyone has the ability to experience and grow their creativity. We interview people from all walks of life to explore how they use their creativity. Creativity is our birthright to interpret, share, and change the world around us. We're super excited to share today's episode with you, so let's get started. So welcome to the next uh, Zen Cat Creatives podcast. I get to introduce this week. Woohoo! So today we have with us a good friend and a local entrepreneur, Jordan Lee, owner of Jordan Lee LLC. She is a yogi. She is a uh, photographer. She is also one of the founding people or the founding person for Beautiful Ruin Project. And she is uh, very, she's wonderful. So I'll let her add anything that she wants to add to that. Welcome, Jordan. Thank you, Tanya. Um, I am really excited to be here because I basically couldn't decide what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I have (laughs) multiple things. Yay. (laughs) Um, The Beautiful Ruin is probably the project that, is really exciting right now and gives me an added title uh, mm. that I don't normally tell people but that is uh, Explorer and it's created this side of me where uh, I just want to put on you know big rubber muck boots and climb in disgusting locations <laughs> and find that one spot where the lighting is just perfect yeah and in my mind I put a model and I get excited so yeah. that's beautiful ruin and you know it's added that title of Explorer to Yogi and photographer and creative so very cool very <laughs> cool yeah well we'll definitely put some links in the show notes so that people can check out all the pictures you post on instagram and facebook cool it's pretty neat stuff so did you go to school for photography i did uh i started out just taking pictures because i enjoyed it naturally and eventually went to antonelli institute for two years and received an actual associate's degree in photography there. Cool. And then your interest in um, in yoga, did you, uh, when, what age, when did you start getting into that? So my family is a family that wakes up early, around 6 a.m. to work out every morning. <laughs> and my dad would go downstairs to lift, and my stepmom was doing at the time Tai Bo, of all things. Wow. And I hated it because it was a lot of punching and kicking movements, and I just... <laughs> I didn't feel comfortable doing that. I just didn't identify with that. It felt very aggressive. So on the oxygen channel, there was an inhale uh, with Steve Ross that they had every morning at like 6.30. And I started doing morning yoga and I started loving it at 16. And I fell utterly in love with this, you know, this movement that felt like dance Mm -hmm. and opened up and stretched my body in a way that no movement that I've ever experienced had. That's really cool. And then you went on and got certified and... Yeah, that was years later. Um, I was, I'm going to say in my 20s, early 20s, um, when I started to want to teach. Mm -hmm. And it actually took a few years to find the right class, the right, you know, certification and training. And uh, when I did, it just felt like a glove and everything fell into place. That's really cool. 
That's awesome. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like us, she has uh, multiple interests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always cool to have. There's a word for it. I don't remember what the word is right now, but I'll figure it out. Well, it's pretty. It seems the kind of the theme. Like everybody, like. Katie's mm. not just a mural artist, she's a magician. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. everybody has She's also multiple. an explorer. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> that's the common thread with all of our guests. Everybody seems to be explorers. <laughs> they all tattoos and martial arts and stuff Free-range like child. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite part. <laughs> so what would you say your definition of creativity is? Uh, it's expression of the deepest inner longing of the soul that's coming out of you and uh, I think it's necessary and I think it's something that we don't put enough importance on as a necessity like brushing your teeth or you know wearing comfortable shoes I think expressing creativity is a necessity so it's the famous Mm. Brown quote that unexpressed creativity Mm -hmm. is not benign and it's I mean, when I hear that, I just go, oh, hell yes, because every single time you look at that pent-up energy that could be used to create, it could start a war, it could cause a fight, it could end a relationship or a marriage just because you're not expressing yourself. It can cause a lot of havoc. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that expression of creativity is just this mirror of the divine of our creator kind of flowing through us. Yeah. And it's individual to us what that looks like. So when I look at Vanden's pictures, you know, it's this darker um, kind of feel to it, but it's still beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it's just his soul expressing the way his soul wants to express. And for me, you know, if, I, if it would be a choice between black or white, I would choose white. You know, mm-hmm. I like the light, airy, bright, colorful, saturated mm-hmm. colors. And that's just the way my soul is choosing to express and to create. So That's yeah. a neat way to explain it. I like it. I like it. So how do you apply creativity to your work or to your life? Or both? Uh, Creativity is something that doesn't always easily flow when you're Mm. worried about the everyday life and things that you have to do. (laughs) But I think for me it's in the mornings getting on my mat and flowing and doing yoga Mm -hmm. in a way that it's not... And the yoga that I practice, it's so free-flowing. There's no set movements. Some yoga are 26 poses, the same order, the same way. I just get on my mat, and I move, and I breathe. And that's the very first thing, I think, in my day that I use creativity. I just create shapes with my Mm -hmm. body, and I move, and I allow that to happen and express however it wants to. And sometimes that's only for five minutes because I'm like, oh, i got to get up and do laundry. And that's... Mm -hmm. I've learned to let that be okay. But that's, you know, the movement on my mat in the morning is the first chance that creativity gets to express in my everyday life. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it's how am I going to deal with bringing all of this stuff to life? And even doing my creative work as a creative tends to look a little almost like a squirrel running around, like doing a little <laughs> this, doing a little that. Oh, i got to do this. Bing, bing, bing. Uh-huh. And, you know, Dustin often looks at me like I cannot work like that. And Dustin I'm just like, is her significant other. just for And he is the, the partner, personality, and beautiful ruin. So, But he really kind of looks at me like 
what are you doing with with his head tilted to the side? And I get everything done, but I have to do a little of this, a little of that, a little of this, a little of that. And it may express mm. uh, in a creative way, but it, it looks chaotic, but it works yeah. for me. For me. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to put in a personal add-on here. When Jordan and I have conversations, it usually looks kind of like a squirrel running around Mm -hmm. but eventually we get back and we complete all the subjects that we've talked about yeah we don't leave anything if somebody else yeah nothing's left undone no but it's just um if somebody were to sit next to us and listen to us they'd be like they have covered about 50 topics (laughs) in like five minutes because we'll be talking about one thing and then we'll go oh yeah and that reminds me and then we go and we we that's how we talk, and mm-hmm. we do get back and resolve initially and figure out the answers to all the things we were talking about. But it has to be able to express that way. Yeah. If someone would, yep. you know, come in in the middle and kind of stop that, we wouldn't finish what we were saying. No. But if the crazy path is left unto itself, mm-hmm. all of the, you know, endings kind of get tied up. And yeah. it's kind of a, a unique way to look at it. I honestly think it's. A product of being creative and mm-hmm. finding different avenues and really realizing any everything has that interconnectedness yeah so you it just naturally flows and then you mm-hmm. flow it back and yeah so. kind yeah. of like weaving yeah yeah you have a bunch of different colors and they all kind of weave together and they come up with something beautiful at the end yep mm. very cool so anything else about your so like um let's see we covered the yoga I don't know, is there any, did she, do we want to push that question? No? Okay. So, do you have any specific techniques that you use to spark creativity? Like, some people like to um, have a special environment. Some people like to uh, expose themselves to a certain condition. Like, you know, some people have different things. Do you have any tools and maybe even some that you don't use anymore that you remember yeah I used to do this and now I do this that type of thing yeah actually that's a great question so when I was younger I used to write I used to write poetry my father's a musician uh, and I used to write some lyrics for my uncle uh, who was also a musician so I really enjoyed the concept of um, you know writing and allowing that to express through me what I was feeling. Uh-huh. And as I got older, I was never really a drawler or anything like that, but as I got older, and I think it was at the 16-year mark, the yoga and the movement of my body, I, I think it's the energies that kind of get locked and tucked in there to really spark creativity. It's dance, it's movement, and it could be spontaneous, it could be um, very restorative, it just depends but as I got older I started to use more actual physical movement to spark the creativity the dancing but also the singing you know sometimes I sing and that's kind of an unrealized thing that I'm sure will come out at some point that I get to (laughs) sing and express in that way but um you know to really spark if I'm at my desk and I'm editing or you know creating a flyer it could even be something kind of boring for marketing right but it's still creating I just get tired of it, and I'm like, ah, screw it, and I get up, and I go in my yoga room, and I blare some, something that speaks to me, um, and I move, and I dance, and I twirl, and it really, really helps. 
Uh-huh. And it could be an intense five minutes or it could be a somber 30 minutes. But um, I do that often where I just have to move my body. And I think that's just, you know, the yogi in me is going, hey, there's some stuck energy here that just needs to get out or you need to float in the right direction and, and spark creativity. Yeah. That's, that's cool. It actually kind of comes back to what you are saying before. So you're kind of hopscotching around different things is one of the ways that you keep creativity flowing. So it's yes. part of your technique, your, yes. your methodology. And honestly, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's been um, interesting to have someone else like Dustin come into my world mm-hmm. and watch me do this and kind of go, that's a little strange. And I'm like, well, it's as natural as breathing because I've been doing it like this for the past how many years? And I haven't had anyone else there to watch my process. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that feels a little vulnerable to have someone watch and go, you know, you're you're kind of jumping all over the place. That's a little weird. But, yeah. Um, you know, we're... I would have tried to incorporate a little bit of that myself. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the opposite where, like, I actually sometimes paralyze myself because I'm like, okay, I don't have five hours to sit down and paint, therefore I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But then I end up spending those five hours maybe doing more low-priority type of things that aren't creative. Mm-hmm. And I, I find myself <clears throat> putting off creative activity sometimes mm-hmm. for that reason. Maybe what I should do is just be like, ah, oh, so what? You know, I'm going to do this for an hour or two, and that's good enough. But it's mm-hmm. always path of least resistance when it comes to what feels yeah. right in the moment. And that's a conversation that, you know, I feel very passionately about. If you're feeling resistance to working and painting... I don't think the best thing to do is to try to paint. Right. I think the best thing to do is, you know, oh, this closet is just so cluttered, right? The, <laughs> the oh, yes. clean should, freak. Yeah, we should point <laughs> out now. that both Vanden and Jordan are this bizarre species of individuals that need to clean. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, it's like oxygen. I'll clean the whole house top to bottom. Yeah. But it feels better because we both work from our home, and our home is this sacred temple space. And if, you know, the dishes aren't done or this closet is cluttered and it's been getting worse and worse, it feels so good. It's like, I call it a domestic release. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and then you look around and your environment is clean and organized. And maybe it's just a sensitivity to visuals of the energy of things in the space. But once I know that things are tidy and organized, then I can create. Yeah, it's I'm very like, much like that. I, but it clears out the cobwebs, and I yeah. think that it's a physical manifestation of, like, we're clearing out the cobwebs, so we're literally and figuratively clearing out the cobwebs so that we're ready yeah. to create. And I, you know, again, it's just been so odd to have some other individual watch that. I'm sure you feel that way a ton where you're like, yo, don't harsh <laughs> on my vibe. I got a vacuum, okay? But that might be a way to... Prepare yourself to paint. Yeah. Oh, it does. It definitely does. Yeah. Because otherwise, it'll sit in the back of my mind. It'll be like, Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't, I didn't clear that up, or this needs to be done, or like yesterday, Tanya and her dad were like, "Uh, it's gonna rain. I'm like, I'm gonna mow the lawn. I gotta mow the lawn. Mm -hmm. I gotta get that done because it was getting out of hand. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want to do it before it rains. They're like, but it's gonna rain. I'm like, yeah. For me, that's the point. (laughs) Like, do it before it gets wet and (laughs) get it done. But otherwise, it would have plagued you. As oh, it'll it's be in the back of my head. You couldn't do other things productively while yeah. it's raining, like paint or, or whatever. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> Tanya does not share I do our not love feel that compulsion. No. I do not. Although I will say that when I have to do something mundane, that's usually what triggers because I'm so incredibly bored by, you know, doing laundry, washing dishes, whatever thing is not requiring some kind of higher level creativity. Um, or driving. Driving especially mm-hmm. it's so mind numbingly boring that that's usually when my best ideas pop up. Mm-hmm. But then my inclination, unlike you two, is not to finish what I'm doing, <laughs> but to stop and then jump into writing down whatever I can, whatever snippets of a story or the idea of a story or the image or the painting or whatever, I, I have to write it down immediately because my brain goes so quickly that if I were to pursue, you know, continue to, to do whatever I was doing, I would lose it, I, like a dream, you know, yeah. it would it would escape me, and um, and I think Elizabeth Gilbert talked about this, about, um, you know, people that have ideas that come to them, and they need to act on it immediately. It's like spirit flows through them. Yes. And I think she described it like... There's a woman who caught a poem by the tail yes, end, and yes. she wrote it backwards, yeah, yes. Because it was, like, flowing through mm-hmm. her, but she needed to get to paper so that it could come yeah. out and scribble it out, because she wasn't even consciously aware of what she was writing she was just writing because it really was the spirit of creativity flowing yeah yeah and that's and really if i don't stop what i'm doing and i know this drives poor vanda nuts and it would probably drive (laughs) you nuts as well but but like i'll be I, i do jump around like that and so i get caught up in you know i'll be doing something i'll organize my office and all of a sudden i'll come across a book and i'll be like oh i forgot about that book and i'll open it up and be like oh, yeah, that was so cool. And I'm sitting there, and he comes in, and he's like, I thought you were cleaning. Oh, yeah, I was. I I am. I will. <laughs> I'll get back to it. I'll get there. <laughs> but see, that's the whole point. I honestly think that it maybe it's this weird sense of trust, of, of surrender, that I think that you can live a much more fulfilling life if you let those things happen. And yeah. let that ha- don't stop yourself from doing something that you feel the urge to do. And I mean, put a side note that you know we're talking about like healthy things, healthy yes, urges. Of course. Just to put that side note. Yeah, I don't really. But you know, if you're feeling the need to do something, then do it because it's always path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. Where is going to get you to the next step? Well, maybe three steps are going to get you to the next step, and that's fine mm-hmm. because you're going to have fun during the first three steps to get you to this step. Mm-hmm. And that's what it should be about. It should be about joy and enjoying your human experience. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I also have a knee-jerk um, adversity to serious structure because I mm-hmm. worked for the state for, for for the Commonwealth for ten and a half years. And, yeah. you know, you had to show up at this time. You had to work between oh, this gosh, time yeah. and this time. You could only take your break at this time. You could only go to lunch at this time. You could only leave at this time. There was so much structure, and that's yeah. so contrary to my personal nature that I, I rebel against it. Yeah. So there's mornings when I wake up and I have a story in my head, actually my genie story that I'm working on right now, um, I woke up with it and I was just like, I have to go write this down. So, I mean, I made coffee cause that's necessary. Um, <laughs> priorities. Yeah. And then I literally, I just grabbed my coffee and I sat down and I just started typing and I wrote like, I don't know, 10,000 words in a, in a morning because it was right there. But if I had Vannon's personality, I would have had to, you know, do all my chores before I sat down and did that. Right. And he's, 
he's good because that's what he's trained himself to do. That's what his style is. Whereas if I don't sit down and, and write down, it's kind of like the paint will evaporate on a painting if I don't get it down right away. I mean, yeah. it doesn't, but for me, the words will escape if I don't get to, to write it down. Like, at least the moment the core, that Right. Oh, yeah. You know? So, And yeah. I think, speaking to Vanden, I don't know if you have, like, a morning routine, but my morning routine yeah. is very <laughs> important to me. And mm-hmm. I am a Virgo at heart. I have very strategic things, like hygiene things that I do, um, you know, that are just, you know, like, oil pulling for my teeth and taking my vitamins and drinking my, my tea and you know those types of things Mm -hmm. and my at least five minutes of meditation something sometimes it is only five minutes but those things are ingrained in me and to stop in the middle of that routine Mm -hmm. can sometimes be detrimental so it's like I have to get the first part of my my morning my routine done yeah that's fandom but and I was gonna say I don't know if this is because you had structure and then you're more recently coming into this time where you have all the freedom Mm -hmm. it's going to look a little bit more spazzy and wobbly but when you would have been okay with messy rather than spazzy (laughs) (laughs) i'm just teasing you (laughs) i call myself spazzy so it's like a term of love it's okay i know i don't take offense (laughs) but you had more of that free you know you didn't have like a very very structured job. I mean, you have classes that you teach and certain things that were in place, but I think the longer, my point being, the longer that you're in this, uh, you develop routines in your spazziness. Uh, you know what I mean? Even yeah. though you are kind of like bonking all over the place, you still have some sort of structured routine that develops over years because I realized that if I'm really going at it and I only shower at two in the afternoon, I'm okay with that because I got a lot done and uh-huh. our lives just tend to look different as creatives that are working out of our home. Uh-huh. But sometimes I need to be up working and showered by like nine or 10 where I just feel ugh, like I'm sitting around in my pajamas all day and not getting uh-huh. anything done. So it, you know, that does change day to day, but routine within that creative structure dances and overlaps all the time for me. That's so. cool. That's very cool. Yeah. So it's what inspires you? I think I said that. What are your main inspirations? Hmm. Well, for... So I'm going to go back in time and then bring it forward in time. Do it. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Amy Scherzer, who was Amy Wolf uh-huh. Photography. Uh, she and I were both helping Tim McGowan who yeah. has McGowan stu- Tim McGowan Studios. And this was years ago, and I saw her portfolio, and it was of these women, these models, in dresses in, I believe, what was the Cornwall Mansion, something like that. She might have gotten in or known someone, and it was for a homework assignment when she went to Antonelli Institute before I did. And um, that sparked something in me, and it almost became this urge or this absolute need to move forward mm-hmm. and create like that. It spoke to me. So um, we fast forward. I have my, you know, my time in at Antonelli Institute and, and fast forward. And now um, I'm doing Beautiful Ruin. And mm-hmm. I ended up expanding on that, which I saw. And that was her portfolio, I think, from Antonelli. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so she very directly, that work that she did very directly spoke to me mm-hmm. and informed some of the most creative work that I do. And it mm-hmm. was it was just another creative sparking my creativity. And right. I don't think she's done anything else like that. I think it was something very specific for like a final portfolio piece. Mm-hmm. And here I am, I kind of took a little piece of that and I expanded on it and Dustin came in and expanded with me and now it's turning into something much bigger um and we have really big you know exciting things that we're kind of keeping in the back of our mind for beautiful ruin right. what it could turn into that's cool so to speak with that there's a book called um the wonderland book and her name is uh Kristen or krista mitchell photography she's a uk-based photographer And I encourage anyone to just Google her, look her up, and see what this book is all about. But it's an homage to her mother, uh, who was a school teacher, who read to her. And Mm -hmm. so these stories and these fantastical uh, situations uh, she conjured in her mind. And so what she did as an adult photographer was created these scenarios and photographed them and created a photo book, an over-the-top photo book. I have one of the early editions. My mom got it for me. And it's just so big and audacious. And the book itself is just not something that you see anymore. It's this insane, unreasonably large book filled with (laughs) fantastical pictures that, like, make no sense. But they're so cool. And it speaks to that part of us that, do we need stuff like this? I mean, technically, no. But we absolutely need stuff like this. Yeah. What's What's her name and the name of the book again? It's called The Wonderland Book by Krista Mitchell. Okay. And um, I will get you a link for that so they can see that. But I don't even know how many she's selling anymore. Maybe it was a limited edition thing. But this book is so huge, so audacious. And ironically, I think it was Dustin and my second date that I pull out this book. And we were, you know, talking late into the night. It's midnight. I'm like, hey, look at this book. And he's just probably like, oh, boy, what am I getting myself into? But... Her work spoke to me, and it just excited me like a little kid. Mm-hmm. And so those two ideas together bring me to Beautiful Ruin, and I'm like, I have to do this. I have to create my own photo book with my own vision with these beautiful women in gowns and put them in this dark, scary, forgotten place. And it's almost like if a building you know, could talk, it, it was like, hey guys, what about me? You know, that sad, empty feeling. Mm-hmm. And put something beautiful and elegant in that environment. And it it became a little bit more about an um, external visual of healing. Mm-hmm. And, and so again, even though it seems like what I'm doing with my three very unique endeavors are so different, they tie together. It's about emotional healing. Mm-hmm. It's about bringing light to dark. So those two instances brought me to where I am with Beautiful Ruin, and they were just so instrumental in my uh, my inspiration. That's cool. So I'm just going to go slightly off topic for a second, because um, you and Dustin have been together about a year or so? A little over that? a year now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about Dustin, about, like, I, I don't want to, like, completely stereotype him, but he is kind of a lumberjack-looking guy. He's got he's a, big a tattooed beard. bald man, who I love more than anything. Yes, he's yes. got a big beard. He's he's kind of a you know a hunter, 
fisherman. Fisherman, like he's a real outdoorsman. And so I just, I, I love the idea that he got completely, he fell in love with the beautiful ruin project, and then he's, he's literally finding a, a side of his own creativity. Yes, he's doing all of the video, and the creating of the videos mm-hmm. uh, for Beautiful Ruin, and we kind of made a decision as we gained momentum on this, you know, where were his boundary lines, where were my boundary lines with the project, because mm-hmm. it was my project, and yeah. we've had a little bit of, you know, massaging through the details of who has authority over what, <laughs> and, you know, my female power <laughs> came through, and I was like, this is my project, you know, and he yeah. was, of course, like, well, but you want, you know, some help, don't you, and I'm like, well, of course, it's a huge undertaking, and I'm only one person, and so we've massaged through a lot of those things, and um, there's more to, to be massaged mm-hmm. through, but it's, it's part of our process, I think, that, okay, I only do the pictures, he only does the video, right. and we don't nose into each other's side too much because it's a respect for each other oh, of course as a creative but he never identified as a creative he identified right. as a mechanic that, exactly like he's this mechanic <laughs> outdoorsman guy yes. and you know here he is working on video with a bunch of chicks and gowns in front of broken down places like mm-hmm. i i love the dichotomy of that entire image that here's this big tough you know burly guy that's you know wants to take videos of women in gowns mm-hmm. <laughs> i just love it he <laughs> I think it's wonderful adopted this project as mm-hmm. you know part of his own and i think he found a side of himself that needed to be expressed yeah because he's a very practical Absol- person bingo do, 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 do. bingo <laughs> there's the point of our podcast because we believe everybody can be creative in some aspect or another but that nailed it right there yeah he, he definitely needed that for his own fulfillment, and I think we're realizing that the partnership is helping us both thrive and grow, and mm-hmm. that is not without argument, that is not without conflict, but every time we just get better and better, and we kind of mm. joke, we're like, you know, maybe what those couples who are together 50 years, they can sit back and laugh, they've already had all their arguments. They've argued out everything there is to argue mm-hmm. out, and they can literally just sit back and yep. completely let the other one be. Mm-hmm. So we're through the initial phase of that, going into our second year of yeah. togetherness and probably six months, I guess, together of working on Beautiful Ruin. But he's already taken it further than I I thought I could bring it myself. You mm-hmm. know? So he's instrumental to it. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, what are some key points throughout your life that and we might have already kind of touched on some of them, but what are some key points that really, like, changed your direction or really brought you to where you're at today? Uh, so when I discovered yoga, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing and the photography end of creativity was kind of with me all along. It felt very natural, so there wasn't really one specific spot. It just kind of was something I carried with me mm-hmm. through life. Mm-hmm. Uh, But really, once I started teaching yoga, not just taking yoga, then a lot of things changed. And I really don't mind sharing, you know, my divorce uh, that I, you know, chose uh, in 2012. Or no, it was about 2014, I guess, um, was probably one of the biggest transitions that I've ever made. I started a life and 
started to create something and then I had to undo it and create something fresh and new by myself and everything changed. I mean, the um, practical side of supporting myself by myself, finding a new place, all of those things, but still running a business. I mean, it was probably uh, the scariest thing that I've ever done, you know, was, was start over like that by myself when I was still sort of helping, he was helping, you know, that I could lean on him with my financials and my work. But then mm-hmm. I could lean back by myself and say, oh, you're flying. You're flying by yourself. Mm-hmm. You've got this all by yourself. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Holy crap. Holy crap. And that was huge for me. And then I started really teaching yoga, and it just allowed me to be by myself for mm-hmm. about three years before Dustin came along. So, um it was very necessary, and that was just such a turning point for me with how I looked at creativity, how I used my creativity to, um, you know, create a paycheck and things like that. Cool. So it was huge. So the next part is what we call the creative challenge. Creative challenge. What is your current creative challenge? And then we'll kind of talk through it and explore different ideas or solutions for that so the creative challenge I think that is the hardest that I'm facing is I have three unique things Mm. all important and how to bring that cohesively into one brand or shall that be three separate brands um you know I really kind of was thinking of making Jordan Lee LLC the initial brand having natural being Photography, natural being wellness, and then beautiful ruin be three separate items. Um, you know, that was really kind of where I was going with it, but still putting it together with that Jordan Lee LLC that I would become, um, you know, this public figure, if you will, that people would know me <clears throat> individually first mm-hmm. and, and begin to understand what I'm about and then look into the different avenues of what I'm doing because I think that a lot of what I'm doing is just so cool you know I know I get to say that because I'm biased but I think (laughs) it's very relatable to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and so just with marketing and how to separate that out and how to make that make sense to people because you don't want to confuse or bombard people by doing too many things and not do them well no I totally get that in fact yesterday I went for a run and then I did my sprints, and it's kind of like a once or twice a week I do this, and and I was really actually gripping with, you know, some things with the business, and and I'm also con- all this stuff I'm into, like I'm really into martial arts, I'm into fitness, I do fitness classes twice a week, and that's a whole another part of me, mm-hmm. and I've you know me and Tony were talking a little bit about a new idea that we're trying to figure out how to put together so I can't really give too much information on it. Right. But I the exact same thing I struggle with. As I'm running, part of me is like, no, like, fuck what people, like, think you're supposed to do. Like, this is passion. This is, like, what I like to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the common opinion that society, air quotes, would have is that Oh, you have to, you have to define and separate and create boundaries, and or you're going to confuse people. I mean, even mm-hmm. even when we did the Zen Garden, some people were like, "Well, that's not painting," you know, it's, it, you know. And pe- 
there's this conception in marketing and business that you have to have these very definitive boundaries. But I think, I think a lot of people are coming into an age of entrepreneurship now that everybody does share these different things mm-hmm. that define them. Right. And they want to like share all of that. They're monetizing all of their. Yeah. So I think your direction to incorporate it to be a representation of you is excellent. I actually agree with that. Even though the popular opinion would be, no, you must have just photography. Specialize. No, you must just have a totally separate business for you know what you do with yoga and Mm -hmm. and I mean that's one direction you could go. But then I feel like that may could make you as a person feel fragmented. And that's what I've been suffering from. I feel like I'm pulled in so many different directions that for social media sake, I do feel... Because Dustin, trust me, Dustin is a numbers man. He is Mm -hmm. all about the numbers and the insights and, you know, watching the numbers. You know, in our latest post, did you see this? Oh my gosh, we're up to 24,000 reach. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, he's all about... Mm-hmm. moving that number up and doing that and that's something that my brain doesn't work in that direction so thank god for him there but um <laughs> you know i think everything does need to be separated and have its own page for my sake mm-hmm. uh, for social media and that's also to do with the algorithms that he kind of did the research on right um so that if but i if just have one page if you were to get rid of one aspect of that if you were to get rid of being a yogi you would feel like you've lost something of yourself. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because yeah. that's what ties all of this stuff together. Yeah. And I don't know how I could just pick one, you know. So yeah. it, it really, a lot of my story ties all of the things that I do together. Uh-huh. And I want to continue to grow and expand that. And I think that we're really similar in that aspect uh, where we have the physical um, development, the physical health kind of importance and then we also have the the artistic visual kind of importance of the creativity mm-hmm. and but we share the same understanding which is they're linked like you know what we're all about is creativity mm-hmm. but physical health is just as important to creativity you know it really is. Oh, if you're just if you if your health is completely you're just totally don't even think about your body and your body is just sort of this mm. flesh bag that you're dragging around with you well that's going <laughs> to affect your creativity of, of you know? course yeah because yeah. you're not in tune with your body yeah you're not understanding the deeper meaning of it and i think there's such a beauty in understanding and knowing that your divinity your grace is all wrapped up in the spirit but the spirit has to use the flesh. Yeah. You know, and the body is this representation of the soul. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it's the curse of knowing all this information and, you know, these types of things that if I gain a little weight around my middle, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling like I need to self-protect. And like, why am I doing that? You know, like normal people don't mm-hmm. look at it like that. They're yeah. like, oh, I'm probably just not working out enough or eating too many cheeseburgers. I, You know, but for <laughs> me, it's like, no, there's something deeper mm-hmm. wrapped up in this meaning, and I yeah. know those truths, and I can't unknow those truths. So sometimes it can be a little maddening how connected it all is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, it, it's just I have this wonderful information about you know my body and what it means because I've gone through enough years of life uh-huh. and enough mm-hmm. enough changes. Not that there won't be plenty more. I've yeah. gone through enough changes so far up to you know 33. 
in a few days. Ugh. But um, <laughs> it's it's just the the body is important, and it's through that humanness that we find the holy, the sacred, mm-hmm. and and that's where all the creativity flows from. Yeah. So it's just yeah, working it's out everything. Working out for me too. I I gather a lot of analogies when I'm working out. Like you know, like yesterday when I was running, I was really pushing myself, and I was the analogy I had yesterday was about the struggle and it's about you know life is about going through those hard times mm-hmm. no matter what it is and it's like you know you push yourself to go through that um, because even though it's painful it's also developing you know it's yes. like you don't build muscle by just sitting around it's a little painful you got to work through it but you mm-hmm. the reward come so uh moving through things to the difficulty of it and just pushing through having the willpower to Mm -hmm. push through that barrier then even though in the moment it's like it's difficult it also has its rewards there is i just found it the other day um it was a study done with trees and they created this pardon me because I always laugh. The movie Biodome. I love that movie. It's so dumb, and I love it so much. But they created a biodome where there were these trees, and they created the optimum environment for trees. And they found that, you know, they were not living to their full mature life. They were just, like, uprooting and falling over. And the research found that, you know, there was no wind in this perfectly orchestrated Mm -hmm. biodome that with the wind, the trees had to root down and ground, and that was what allowed them to, you know, stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the absolute truth of nature that you need adversity. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing with houseplants. They they say that if you're never going to put your plants outside, which I do, um, but if you never put your plants outside and subject them to mild versions of drought, extreme winds, and things like that, they will be more likely to die. That's definitely the Mm. fragile flower kind of joke, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. That used to be a running joke. You know, my mom would say, are you being a fragile flower right now? Yeah. You know? And then you can probably say, yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. I, I find it fascinating. Um, this is one thing that fandom is really good for me because I do live in my head. Um, and other than my primary forms of preferred exercise are riding my bicycle <laughs> or hiking. Um, and hiking is kind of a pain because you have to drive like a half hour around here to go to, to some place nice that's trail. really a decent trail. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that, I, that I've always done. Um, although my attitude, like I, I use it as a form of physical exercise, but I don't do it as, like if, if Vanden and I were to go on a hike, he will literally run up ahead. Like, he will jog, he'll go do kung fu, and he'll do all this, you know, he'll do everything to make himself sweat and work out, because for him, it's it's a physical thing. Whereas for me, and it's not right or wrong, it's just a different way of seeing it. When I go, I bring my camera. I am going to sweat, because we're climbing up hills over rocks and veils and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I go slower, mm-hmm. and I'll do a longer... Thing because mm-hmm. I want to see the animals. I want to hear mm-hmm. the birds. I want to explore and look at the, the unusual shapes of the trees. Like, you know, I'll take my camera because it, it helps me bring bring stuff back. And it also allows my 
mind to relax a little bit because I have to think about where I'm putting my feet. So the That's fact that so my brain important. is constantly, literally, a, you know, a 10-lane highway, it never stops. So if I'm out and riding my bike, I'm having to think about which trail I'm taking. I'm having to think about where I'm placing my feet, making sure I'm balancing, making sure, you know, so it stops that incessant chatter that's in my head, like, all the time, like, all the ideas and all the thoughts and everything like that. I actually, that's one of the reasons why I like fly fishing. Like, regular fishing is boring to me, but fly fishing where you have to really understand the, the, the lake and where the fish are jumping and all this, like, you yeah. really have to think about it so much differently. I need something that takes me out of my brain. Yeah. I so. think you probably are the, the Dustin in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you literally referred to fishing, so. I'm a big redneck. Yay! <laughs> so, side note, Dustin loves fishing. I think no, I than... don't like fishing. I like I like I don't want to catch fish. I don't even oh, like okay. eating fish. Oh okay. no, 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 don't don't extrapolate that from that. I like the <laughs> act of fly fishing because you have to analyze what you're doing. Right. If you make me catch a fish and eat it, I'll probably vomit on you. I don't really like <laughs> fish. I don't like killing the fish. I don't I cried over a sunny once. Like the Aww. little thing. It it swallowed the hook and it died and I cried. So, no, I don't actually like fishing. I like the outdoors. I like experiencing it. <laughs> I like the idea of having to analyze where the fish might jump. As long as if the fish catches my fly, that I can put it back in there. Like right. I'm totally catch and release. You're a catch and release girl. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. And actually, I've never officially caught a fish on my fly rod. So, so you're just, I've caught a bat. You're just actually. out there, you I know, just casting like, elegantly. Yes. Not, like, trying to catch anything. You're like... Oh, I There's try no to analyze it, but I don't really, I just like having to negotiate, like you have to step a certain way so you don't fall into the creek and yeah. or the stream or whatever. Yeah, no, it's just something that's a physical activity that removes, it makes my brain think about what I'm, my physical body's doing. And rather than analyzing, you know, why are people polluting this water and right. know, going yep. through the insane. So it's a different focus. Like Bandit and you are very much into needing that constant physical activity because it, it's healthy for you. It's part of your personality. For me, it, it is healthy, of course, but it, it helps me disengage and clears kind of like a windshield wiper. Like it gets rid of all the bugs that have stuck on the... I like that analogy. <laughs> It's just kind of clearing but, that off. But Vanden makes me, like, he, he reminds me constantly that I need to, because I could literally sit and read a book and be on the computer and constantly analyze and start thinking about things. Like, I could live entirely in my head and not talk to another human being for days, mm-hmm. even though I'm an extrovert. But it's just my brain. That's how it works. Yeah. That's and just, that's how I am. That's a, a huge deal, you know, and to understand. And like, get out, get out, come, let's go do our KO fitness, and let's go do this, and let's, and so, I'm just like, <sighs> So what kind of experiences do you have with creative rut, and how do you get out of it? Oh, so a creative rut, it, you know, I've definitely had those times where I find that the photography jobs that I'm taking on are just more practical in nature and there's not a whole lot of creativity to them maybe it's you know uh, certain kind of work that doesn't require so much thought like headshots you know that's a great example it's very necessary it's very lucrative but it's not very creative Mm -hmm. um so 
getting out of the creative rut, you know, you tend to realize you're in it after you're already in it. But to get out of it, I think, you know, you do whatever you can, whether that be movement or whether that be um, just kind of taking that crazy idea book where all those crazy ideas lie and try to actually do one of them. You know what I mean? I think we all have some sort of log of crazy thoughts or ideas. Mm. And I think that when you're in a rut, go down the list in that book and find the thing that goes, oh my gosh, yes, (laughs) I have the resources or the time or the thing to make that happen right now. So just go a completely different direction. Yes. It's, It's like, you know, when things are zigging, then you zag. And you have to do that. You have to spark it sometimes with the contrast of what you're doing to uh, to really help uh, make that an organic process because right. it can't be like I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna do that it has to be you ha- you have to be moved through spirit you know and and that just means to me saying I don't want to do this you know and and some of the things with my business and getting stuck at times um, I'll kind of feel like well I should be doing this and I go okay now I know what I am not gonna be doing because anything that I think I should be doing I'm not going to do it with any of the heart or soul that makes me me. And what's going to attract my clients to me anyway? My heart, my soul, and my passion. Mm. So I have to be doing something yeah. that's going to let them recognize that in me mm. and and hire me for those kind of reasons. And that's, you know, that's the clients that I'm looking to work with, the people that recognize me on that soul level, that want me for me. Um, I had one lady who wanted me to photograph um, her toy poodle, you know, for like, um, I guess they, they actually have an agent for their poodle. And I'm like laughing because I'm going, I love how ridiculous this is. Yes, please let me photograph your toy poodle for a talent agency. Like, please, please, please. You know, um, my merchandiser sales rep years ago had a pet pig. And she's like, you know, we should really... I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll do it for free. Seriously? I want to (laughs) just photograph this pig. We can, like, put little hats on him. Like, something stupid. And it just... It it helps you get out of that rut. And it helps you find joy. And honestly, I guess, you know, for me, it's um, how to get out of a rut. Do something ridiculous. I love it. Do something effing ridiculous. Yeah. And and that's why I love my pet portraits, too. Because it's like, here, let's put your dog in a lay and a hat and a little... You know, to be around. It's utterly ridiculous. It's the stupidest thing ever. But it brings people so much joy. And you see the look in their face when you give them this picture. And they're like, this is so adorable. And you know that they are going to keep that and love that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I I love the ridiculous. I think that's what I've adopted. Like, coming from, you know, a father who loves me. And wants the best for me, but has, has, you know, created this idea of stability because that's what a father does. And that's what a father should do. But, you know, my poor father, I go, I want to do something ridiculous, like be a photographer and photograph like dogs with silly hats and glasses. Like, I feel bad sometimes that he probably thinks, are you trying to kill me that this is what you do with your life? You know, (laughs) not that he doesn't support it, but that he's like, how are you going to make your income off of this? And, and Mm. I think that's, for me, you know, I love doing ridiculous things. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, I like that a lot. So what would you advise for other people's creative development? Or do you have any advice for anybody else's creative development? Sure. Um, I think, 
you know, it's very individualized. And I think that people who've been out of touch with their creative side for a long time should start in a simple place. They should probably go back and dig through some boxes from when they were little. <laughs> yep. And find something that they did. And maybe they identify, and maybe it's through a very, you know, weird association that you're like, I remember that I used to love to, you know, paint. Or yeah. I used to remember that I used to love to write these weird stories. Um, I, I can't find them, and I'm so bummed that I can't. But I had these amazing stories that I wrote in about third, fourth, fifth grade and they literally had like Winnie the Pooh and Arnold Schwarzenegger in them in the plot and I was super (laughs) proud of these stories and uh, you know so that for example for me would maybe spark me to write again and I haven't written in a long time and Mm. it doesn't mean that the writing has to go anywhere it's just it's gonna spark something and it'll lead you to something else and lead you to something else so um I think it's it's you know to go back to that childlike mindset and sometimes that can be sparked through going through some boxes of yeah, old things. I think that's mm-hmm. excellent. So and with Dustin with his uh now involvement with this these creative endeavor, has he because uh, like Tanya said, he's kind of what most people might stereotypically consider the anti creative. Like he's just right. this guy <laughs> Who goes to work and comes home and drinks beer and goes to sleep and does Uh it again type of thing. But he is getting very involved in the creative process. Has he, at any point, sort of had that aha moment where he said, you know what, when I was a little kid, I did this. And I'm reminded of who I used to be and how that creative thing got cut off at some point in his life and now it's back. Um, I think... You know, I don't, I don't know the specifics for him, like what that thing was or what happened, but you know, I think he found something with Beautiful Ruin that reminded him of his his childhood. He thinks very practically, and we always just kind of label it as, you know, my woo woo ness and his, uh, you know, his manliness. <laughs> coming together. Would the opposite be ooh? <laughs> it's woo and ooh, 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 ooh. Or moo moo. Moo. <laughs> <laughs> man and woo. <laughs> man woo. Moo <laughs> woo. Moo moo. Let me flex my moo woo. <laughs> Poor Dusty. He's going to listen to this and be like, why were they? Why did I even go to this podcast alone? Like, yeah. why didn't I sit in the corner? And It'd be cool to find out, yeah. though, like if there was we something when he was that. younger. Well, he is a he is way more creative, I think, than people realize. But yeah. he keeps this side of himself kind of hidden. And when we first met, he was actually writing. Oh wow! Um, he That's is a right. writer. That's right. He is a storyteller, and he loves oh, to cool. read. Yeah. Um, he really loves Stephen King. Oh, and cool. We he, talk about Stephen all the time. Yeah. So I am more in this relationship. See, you anymore. are. I wasn't trying to, like, put you in a box, but I'm like, I'm just seeing a lot of but parallels. <laughs> and he really mm-hmm. loves the Dark Tower and the, the series of mm-hmm. it. And, yeah. you know, yeah. he's like, Stephen King writes himself into his book and, like, gives messages to the... So he... But he loves to go deep with things. And mm-hmm. he has these two sides of himself. Yeah. And this this one side is like I'm the mechanic, I'm the right. practical number cruncher dude. I make things happen, 
And then there's this other side of him that is so creative and so gentle, so okay, vulnerable. So we're going to have to get Dustin on here then. Yeah. yeah. We need like a part two. Yeah, I yeah. feel kind of bad. I feel like our own bias and stereotype kind of, you know, sort well, of. But see, well, but he's he also out of town a lot though. Yeah. And we needed, we had, no, so let's be honest. It wasn't a bias against Dustin or his stereotype. It was the fact that we had too many men that we'd interviewed subsequently. So we needed some estrogen, if you remember. And it was Vanden's I'm idea that we needed women. I'm as gets, I guess. Yes, well, we needed, we needed more females because, yeah. unfortunately, fortunately or fortunately, the first four or five people that we interviewed besides ourselves we're all men. Right. And and neither of us, and actually I will give Vanden the, the, the thumbs up on this one. He was the one who said, we need to get some females on here as well mm-hmm. so that we're representative of, you know. Of all these different expressions all the different and personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's very important that we make sure. So it, I don't, in my mind anyway, it was, Dustin was not excluded. It's just we needed some estrogen. Yeah. Well, Dustin is is a huge part of this, but he he can definitely lean to the one side, I think. You know, that's more what he's comfortable with, but he has a softer side, and... That's I think where we'll I enjoy bring him going over with some him. night plying with beer and barbecue and and hit the record button and hit the record button yeah that'll yeah. be like part two that'll definitely be the uncensored uh-huh. version <laughs> oh we don't censor unless people ask us to <laughs> we don't censor anything <laughs> well, it was like one of those things where I'm like can I say fuck on here like I don't know uh-huh. so I didn't oh yeah yeah oh, yeah. oh you gotta go back and listen time. to Dale's interview. Yeah. Well, his isn't posted, though. Well, not yet, but I mean, (laughs) by the time people listen to this. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have any problem if bomb is is as necessary to his vocabulary as the word and or the. (laughs) Like, it's just who he is, and it's wonderful, so. All right. So, any closing comment? I think that my closing comment is just for people to access a part of themselves that was probably long buried for most people and to find that um by whatever personal means they need to but it's it's necessary it's part of making yourself whole again Mm. because you find these little pieces of yourself as a kid and it's it's not just about like oh i'm gonna you know read through these stories and start writing it's about there's a piece of myself this little child this little self of mine you know Mm -hmm. was expressing in this way and by integrating that it can help add wholeness so i think creativity is absolutely necessary for wholeness and that's you know comes into play being honest with yourself living an honest life what do i want what am i here to do Mm. that's really honest stuff and i think you know might cause some upheaval and maybe some changing of some careers or maybe some rearranging of who's Mm -hmm. married to who and that's okay yeah Uh, and I think people I think it's happening more and more and I think people are realizing hey you're not a bad person if you get divorced hey you're not a bad person if you change career if you decide at 40 you want to become a professional surfer like that's okay it is so yes Ghosty is trying to uh, crawl into Jordan's um, handbag. He's, he's been creative. obsessed with it since he since she arrived, and now he's got his two front paws um, inside of it. So I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I thought that was a oh, necessary no, caveat to add. 
So but, where uh, where can people find you? Yes, tell us all your places. All the places. Um, basically, it's www.jordanlee.com. Mm-hmm. Nice and simple. Uh, that is the main page, and then I have my Natural Being Photography and Natural Being Wellness sites on there. There is no uh, formal Beautiful Ruin website yet, although we do already have the domains for that. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of having the time to create yet a third website. Yeah. Banging head against wall here. And, <laughs> uh, but the Beautiful Ruin Project can be found on Facebook. You can just search Beautiful Ruin Project. Um, do you plan on turning that into a book? Did you mention that? Yes. There will be a photo really book cool. created, and we're thinking mm-hmm. that it's going to be multiples. Um, that we're going to get something out there in the next, you know, two years, three years. And that'll really be, I, I think I'm going to call it, like, Beautiful Ruin First Draft, you know, or, like, nice. First, First, First Draft, because I think there's going to be multiple versions of this book, and it's going to grow and mm. expand. We're going to, hopefully, we want to go to Japan in the next two years. Japan is a hotbed for a lot of abandoned places. Yeah. And, um, you know, just doing our due diligence... Too. Yeah, to find the the right places and where it's safe to go, mm. you know, because we don't want to get ourselves into trouble. It's There's so yeah. much research on the front end, and we get a lot of inquiries like, hey, where is this located? And we kind of have to say, like, well, you know. Can't um, tell you. Can't really tell you. Because it could get everyone in trouble, and it could cause uh, just a lot of, you know, people in these locations that we don't want there. So right. just, just messing around, just breaking things. So we definitely mm. respect the space. So, but yeah, jordanlee.com will take you to the photography and the wellness. And then the um, Beautiful Ruin page can be found on Facebook. So I'll give you guys links to all that. Cool. All right. Yep. We'll make sure we include all those. I think that's a wrap. Yeah. I think we did good today. That was fun. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you for being there. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for having me. So if you happen to live within the central Pennsylvania area, this is our shameless plug. We provide creative events for your social gatherings. We have paint parties, palette parties, plant parties, and what else? Zen gardens and doormat design events. And we also have a children's program. So if you want to get together with some friends, family, or coworkers, we come straight to your doorstep to provide the creative event. Head over to our website, zencatcreatives.com. And sign up for a private party request on our specialized forum. Hope to see you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.